Thank you for tuning into the Relentless Pursuit Podcast, the foundation of equity, where our Kansans are having justice-centered dialogue to promote the equilibrium of humanity in the natural state and beyond. I am your host, Crystal C. Mercer, native Arkansan, artist, activist, poet. You can always find me in the digital space at crystalcmercer.com and on social media at C-C-M-E-R-C-E-R-T-O-O. And a special thanks to our season sponsor and the reason we've all assembled to have these deeper dives, the Winthrop Rockefeller Foundation, WRF who exists to relentlessly pursue economic, educational, social, ethnic, and racial equity for all Arkansans. Ain't that all right? You can connect with them at wrfoundation.org and social media at Winthrop Rockefeller Found on Instagram and at wrfound on Facebook. This episode, like all others, we're talking with folks from all over the state about their draw to or passion for equity work, which brings me to our guest today, Patricia Ashanti, who is the founder and CEO of Delta Circles. Hello, Patricia. Hi, Crystal. How are you today? I'm fabulous. And it's all because I'm sitting here with you. I'm going to give the people a little insight about you if that's all right. Absolutely. Yes. She's all that and a bag of chips. (laughs) Patricia Ashanti is an advocate for Black women's economic equity in the Arkansas Delta. She works with multi-generational leaders in communities of color to overcome economic disparities. Amen, Ashe. And while leading and developing an entrepreneurial hub in Helena, West Helena, Arkansas, she encourages innovation that inspires communities to reimagine possibilities to thrive. Patricia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me to participate in the show. Well, your voice is needed, and I'm super excited for us to have this conversation about the work that you're not only doing with Black women, but also families in the Arkansas Delta and this economic equity that is the crux of your work. But before we get into that and all of the beautiful, magnificent things that you do with your organization, Delta Circles, I want to know more about your experience growing up in and being a proud native of Helena, Arkansas. Well, I, um, as you said, was born and raised in the wonderful city of Helena, West Helena, Arkansas. And I I really believe that when I I look back on the people who were um, church choir leaders, youth leaders, the people who gave of their time to just make sure we were at choir practice, at Easter practice, you know, going to different churches to do different things, doing things in the community. Those women um, that gave us rise and opened up the buildings and the churches, they really inspired me to give of myself in the community Mm -hmm. today. And I, I just think about the sacrifices that they made over many years. In my particular case, I grew up, uh, was born on a really dirt gravel road. Mm. And and um, so those women that took the time to, and that's where our church was. So they took the time to get their cars dusty and dirty every week to make sure that the youth in that congregation had things. And and that really inspired me. So when I have opportunities to provide programming to our community, 
I am completely ready to go the extra mile because I know someone did that for me. And so I hope that um, the work I do will impact someone else's life as well. That is so beautiful. Excuse me one moment, Patricia. I felt a cough coming on. I held it back because everything you were saying was so impactful. It's like, let me try to take this water down. I can't interrupt this moment. I love the imagery of you talking about being born on a dirt gravel road and these women getting their cars dusty every week to bring people together. So it, it feels like Community also equates to family in Helena, West Helena, and the way that you grew up. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, um, many people that come to our community feel like there's a connection that they just cannot shake once they leave. And and that has to do with um, having an eye to see the natural beauty of the community, but also seeing the beauty and the people that are here. And it truly is family. Um, it truly is you meeting people that it seems like you've known for the, all of your life. And, um, and and that's a blessing. It just gives you a feeling of, of belonging. Mm-hmm. That, that, that Delta dirt. It's something different about the Delta dirt. Uh, my late grandmother, she's from the Mississippi Delta in Pelahatchee. And so just being familiar, going up through that way and getting to where she was in Mississippi. And of course, I'm I'm a Little Rock girl, but having those roots in the Delta, it really does feel different. It feels uh, like a conversation when you're in the area, like, you know, things that maybe you didn't think you knew just by Absolutely. being there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it's really a culture that we try to help people to really see the value in, because sometimes um, people that are not from the area can think that it's all about the poverty, it's all about the lack and the disparities that we have. And all of that is true, all of that is here, but there's so much more. You know, there's a richness in the music, there's a richness in the food, in the culture, in the people. And and we really just work hard to, to help the people that live here to understand the value and the assets of what we have. And then also um, those that just come to visit. Mm-hmm. So there's all kind of, of capital. You're talking about this community capital, this, this social capital, the, the agricultural capital because of the richness of the land. But what you do with your organization, Delta Circles, is all about that financial capital and building this, this uh, economic fitness and generational wealth for, for Black women and their families in the Delta. So I, I want you, for those who may not be familiar with Delta Circles, because you about to be today and you should be from here on out, could you tell us the story of how your organization began and more about this awesome work that you do? Well, our organization um, began, I, I personally had a real commitment to want to teach people about financial literacy. And that was because of the struggles that I had personally um, and really just did not know what I didn't know. And once I began to learn some principles about financial literacy and start to implement those in my life, 
I wanted other people to know so that they didn't have the same struggles that I had. So I kept looking for something that I could bring to the community. And I found um, a, a curriculum that was called Bridges Out of Poverty. I did, I saved money so I could actually go and be certified to teach it. The first time I tried to go, I paid for the curriculum, the class, but I didn't have enough money to pay for the airplane ticket. So mm-hmm. then I had to wait a little bit longer and eventually the um, course was held in Memphis. So I was able to attend. And the last day of that course, they had a course called Getting Ahead in a Just Getting By World. That brought the topic of poverty from a community level to a personal level. And it, it brought a conversation where people could say and explore poverty in their lives, how it was impacting them. So I quickly came back, started bringing it to the community. We started in a group of um, four women. We would meet on Sunday afternoons after church and just start to go through that curriculum, examine what was really happening in our lives. And it was really therapeutic um, because most of the time people don't sit down and just stop. And because we're so busy trying to survive. So once we did that class, it turned into another class and another class, and it soon turned into a community initiative. Then we had to decide, what is this? Is this going to be a nonprofit organization? Um, I had to decide if it was gonna be a business from my point of view, uh, because I knew the role I was going to play in it. And then we decided because it was to serve the mass, we decided to make it a nonprofit organization. And um, that's how we started focusing. We started working with the housing authority, um, different churches, different groups where we could come in and do eight to 12 weeks classes on understanding poverty. That led to us really focusing on financial literacy, women's savings groups, entrepreneurship, and everything has just built upon itself. These bridges that you are building in Helena, West Helena, and and to know it where a few are assembled, that just for yes. women, how it has blossomed into all of the work that you're doing and, and the programming with Delta Circles. And I, I wonder if, you know, that that connection between your upbringing and these women that almost were were models in a way for you influenced the work when you really activated the organization. And I believe that I really believe that it did. And um, I started to recognize that as time went on and and I listened to the stories because we come together um, in circles, in groups at a time. And, and there's something really powerful in that because when you bring a group of women together, even if a person is not willing to share their story, if they just listen, then they're able to learn and be inspired by others until they do feel like they have their voice. And so I I think that having women in my life 
that provided that in, in the way that they did made me feel comfortable doing that for the community as well. So the, the women that you have been able to assemble uh, in the years that you have have done this work, what are some of the struggles that Black women in the Delta are dealing with and how are ways that Delta Circle is helping them alleviate that struggle? I think one of the, um, you know, biggest, first of all, just understanding poverty. That's mm. not a, a word that we talk about in our community. Um, understanding what generational poverty is, understanding that there are habits that you are doing continuously that you may be doing because of something that happened in your past. Mm -hmm. And you might need to reflect on that so that you can make some changes right now. And um, simple things like something in your house breaking and you don't do anything to repair it because you're used to having things broken around you. You know, um, being able to expose yourself to to things that you've never had so that you can see that there are other possibilities. So we had those types of discussions and it, they became our openers for women. A lot of times just understanding your relationships, understanding who's in your life, what that person is doing in your life, if it's good for you or if it's not, you know, and that went from relationship with our children, to our spouses, to our significant others, examining all of that and how that keeps us where we are. But what I, what we really, we, we got to a point each year, we would have a conversation when we bring everybody together, um, the people we've served for that year, their families, and we go over um, the things that we've done that year, the accomplishments. And I always ask them, what do you want to see happen next year? And that particular year, people were saying, we want to be better off financially. Mm. So that was the birth of our women's savings group. And from that, we, we really learned, again, a lot about how finances impacted our relationships or how relationships impacted our finances. And we saw women, once they got even a little bit of savings, they were more empowered and can make better decisions about who they had in their lives. And those were some of the, um, you know, we saw them get their credit scores go up and just empowerment on just walking taller, you know. Yeah. When you have the knowledge to understand what a budget is, how a budget can help you to achieve your goals, to set goals and actually um, achieve them. So the work is we've seen um, for me, I have because I've come from poverty myself. I know what it's like to you know, wonder if the energy company is trying to get to your house to turn your lights off and know, not knowing how you're going to take care of the things that you need for that day. So I've always felt that there were women who were waiting on the information that I had to share to them. 
so that they can make better decisions and have different outcomes for their lives. And that's what um, Delta Circus has been able to do for many of them. It's, it's interesting that you talk about not only the work, but also defining what poverty is, because you don't know what you don't know. So if you're in a situation that you've seen or that you're used to and you haven't been shown anything different or you haven't learned anything different, then how do you advance yourself? And so even giving them the information and saying the word poverty and knowing what it stems from, then like this is what we're attacking. This is what we're addressing. This is what we're eradicating. Now that we know what it is, we can call it out and send it on about its way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, um, you know, the poverty mindset, if we, you know, stay there where we are comfortable in lack, we're comfortable in not having enough. If we don't examine that, that can show up in every area of our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I see that, especially as women, when it comes to our businesses, you know, a lot of times, even on, on jobs, we don't ask for what we deserve to have because we're used to not have, you know, we don't, um, you know, we could on our businesses, we could have another woman that could get a contract making $10,000 more when we're both doing the same thing. But when we really examine what does it mean to have lack in your life versus abundance? And how can we have abundance? How can we give in an abundant way ourselves and expect abundance in our lives as well? You speaking into my life, Patricia. <laughs> I was like, do you know what conversation I'm having? Yes, it is about how do we have this uh, spirit and actual experience of abundance and not living in lack and knowing that uh, our worth is tied to so many things. Finances is just a piece of it. So even you talking about if something breaks in your house and you don't repair it, how it leads to other things, what are those broken things inside of us that don't allow us to uh, recognize and accept and celebrate our worth? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the um, ways that Delta Circles has evolved last year we partnered with UAMS and we started um, a health initiative in partnership with them. And health and poverty goes right hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And just like what you were saying, if, um, if I continually lack taking care of myself, then that's going to show up in my ability to make income and to bring finances into my household. And so, you know, um, part of our mission statement says that we challenge women to think differently about themselves, their finances and their businesses. All of it go starts with how we think, you mm -hmm. know, and when we think differently about ourselves, it means that we have to start to recognize how important and vital we are. As black women, we are it's essential, you know, not only for our families, but for the entire community. And if we do not give the emphasis that we need to our health, then that impacts everything around us. Mm -hmm. 
I know you were talking about the the savings group that you started for black women and and (laughs) we're just queens of the universe. But yeah. there are other programs that Delta Circles has implemented uh, that that work with youth and families and 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 branching out from the black woman, stemming into family and community. So can you tell the people more about those programs that Delta Circles facilitates? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, as you said, the, the finance piece is the savings, but um, we also work with women uh, related to entrepreneurship to support the businesses that they currently have. When we started looking at um, savings and finances, we had many women that looked at skills, their talents, their skills that they already have and thought about ways that they could make additional money so that they could have money to save. And that's really where a lot of the entrepreneurship piece came. And also just as living, you know, um, if a person never starts a business, having an entrepreneur mindset, again, Mm -hmm. going back to the mindset, having a mindset where you're open for new ideas, you're open to explore things that you may not have known about before. Um, the the entrepreneur mindset is a mindset that can help you no matter what you're doing. And we've always um, taught women that regardless to whether or not you have a business or not, you work for who you are. You know, I represent Patricia Shanti Incorporated, no matter who or where I am employed. So we, but we have started programming to support entrepreneurs. And then from there, of course, also the youth. Um, As we started those programs for women, we also found that our youth also, we wanted to help them to have that same similar mindset as early as possible. Mm. So when we would do our classes for our youth, the parents often would just stay because they wanted to hear the same information because it encourages them as well. But we've also um, currently, as I was stating before, we have a health initiative where we have a um, community health care worker that goes out into the community door to door um, in partnership with UAMS to examine what is happening uh, with an individual with their health. She does a survey with them, have conversations, build relationships, and help them to identify what their healthcare needs are. And then we have created a, a board that works together to identify solutions. Um, to to help identify solutions for the healthcare needs that we're seeing in the community. And even more recently, within the last two years, we have acquired a school. So we have now an asset of a 22-acre campus that we are changing from an abandoned school into an opportunity hub. And those opportunities, again, um, are vast in terms of looking at what the Delta has to offer. So we're helping people to learn about agriculture, have a cute little small farm. I would love for you to come see it. Um, The little tomatoes are coming up. 
And we're new to this, you know, but when it comes to health, one of the most exciting things that people wanted to do was to learn how to grow their own food. So we have the space for that. We're also working with a partner to bring technology to the area in an exponential way. And um, I am excited about what the future holds because I really believe that um, we're moving with intention and we're moving in collaboration with partners that are going to help us to really change the landscape of the Delta. I mean, I'm over here praise dancing in my chair, y'all. Y'all can't see me because it's <laughs> audio recording, but I was perusing through your website, delta-circles.org. <laughs> and when I was reading about the Opportunity Hub, which was so beautiful, and I'm glad you brought it up, it's a more than community hub, more than just a space, Opportunity Hub, even yeah. the name makes my skin just feel vibrant and aglow and growing food. That is what the Delta is all about. My granny grew up on a farm. They grew everything that they ate when I was a little kid and she moved to Arkansas. The backyard was her garden. And that's how we did it. We'd go pick something, clean it, pick it, chuck it, you know, pull it, do all the things all day, cook it, have dinner at night. And that is definitely uh, not only growing something that's organic and beautiful, but the process, doing Absolutely. something in real time. Absolutely. It's re relaxing. Now, when my grandmother had a garden, the one thing I remembered was these little hairy worms. Out yeah. of <laughs> it was like game over. And so I've had to get past that now. Yes. And <laughs> um, but because you see the, the benefit of it, but, um, this evening, our, our, our girls from my entrepreneurship class, we're actually going to have class in the garden. So they're going to come out and help us there to, um, get some of peas and the watermelons, a few other things into the, actually into the ground. But mm -hmm. yes, it's, um, it's the Delta. We could not have that this space and not be true to where we are so we knew that agriculture had to be a part of that but what we're hoping to do is that um we're hoping that we're able to identify products and um services but especially products that can be produced from the agricultural activities that we're doing that can go back to teaching our youth about um, making money from the things that you're doing. Look, I, I'm definitely going to take you up on that invitation. We can talk offline and, and, and coordinate that so I can see this garden and this opportunity hub and just get a sense of the culture and how you're empowering people in in the Delta region, because there there is this perception that's a myth. There is richness there. Absolutely. There are resources there. Absolutely. That's why people come. You know, it's, you're curious, but it's like it's it's a very enchanting place as well. Even with all the things, every place has its thing. We're not saying that that the Delta is without its own struggle, but there is a, an enchanting beauty 
of that place. And and people should know and recognize and respect that. You know, there's um, my, I have an uncle, which this is not a unknown saying, but to say that um, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Mm. We have to be able to see the beauty. You know, when we actually, as a community, made a bid for the abandoned school, there were people in the community that could not see that as an asset. They couldn't see what we saw. And even now, the vision that I see for that campus, there are people that that don't see that now because the vision is not there yet. Mm. But, you know, you have there are people and we have to sort of um, walk in it and practice seeing things that are not as if we want them to be. And, you know, it goes back to the word of God, but it's just something we have to practice and believe that if there, if we have a vision, if we're looking for the best, you can see the best. Mm-hmm. And so that that particular our campus um, was being considered for to, demo, to be demolished, but now it is a place where family gatherings take place. Um, individuals in the community that just want to exercise, play basketball, different things are there especially for the black community, which we would not have had if this group of leaders had not seen, had the ability to see what could happen or what could be here. So on that point, Patricia, because vision is definitely a part of it, you know, we're, we're, we're working on our legacies while we're here, you know, putting this work in and, and working on our legacies. And I want you to talk more about this work, be it the the Opportunity Hub, Delta Circles, your own experience as as a native of Helena, West Helena, and the work you do with Black women. Why it's essential? I I know the answer to this, everybody, but I'm I want y'all to hear Patricia's answer. But <laughs> why is it essential that we as Black women have the opportunity to generate generational wealth? It is essential for for many reasons, because as um, and and let me say, I love my brothers. Absolutely love. I have seven brothers and um, I love men and, and really thank God for them. But a black woman has the ability to influence so much. You know, sometimes I don't think we walk in the power that we have. And our understanding, financial literacy, understanding how to generate wealth for ourselves and our children, we become that example for other people. We become that example for our children. Sometimes in many households, um, you know, we're the one who handles the finances. You know, in many cases, you know, we're married to men who expect us to have this right. You know, um, it's it's twofold. We want the men to be the head and we want um, to respect them in that role. But we also need to understand that as a Black woman, we have a responsibility too, to understand how to obtain generational wealth, how to keep it, 
and how to prepare our children so that they can have it as well. Uh, one of my favorite books is The Richest Man of Babylon. And in that book, um, there is a quote or a space where it talks about that many men, many people have not gained wealth for two reasons. One is that they don't know how to gain it. Or two is that they know, but they don't practice what they know. And when we have been given um, the opportunity to learn, it's then our responsibility as women to practice that and to share it with others. That does not mean that we're going to make mis- not going to make mistakes because life happens and we end up in ups and ups and downs because there are so many other things. When you think about equity, there are so many things where we were not on a fair playing field in the beginning. So because of that, we're going to make mistakes. You know, you might get your credit score up and then it may come back down. You know, you might um, start a savings and then you might have to dip in it more than what you thought. But if we utilize the knowledge that we have obtained to help ourselves and our children, we're changing the trajectory of that next generation. Ashe, y'all heard it. That's why it's essential. We're influencers, we're teachers, and we're also learning along the way. Before we get out of here, Patricia, I I have have one more question because you you brought it up earlier and it's just, I'm like, she over here know my life. Uh, I want you to talk about your grand vision for the Delta and talking about the Opportunity Hub, but your grand vision for the Delta and how does Delta Circles help you imagine that vision? My um, my grand vision, I think, it starts with how I view my hometown community of Helena, West Helena, Arkansas. I, as, as I've said before, I believe that there are beautiful, brilliant people right here. And I believe that sometimes we don't see how great we are as a community. And I do believe that we can see that better when we see examples of great things happening. So I think that the work that Delta Circus is doing in partnership with many others uh, related to the Elias Mill Opportunity Hub, as the community see that space being transformed from something that was thought of as being extinct and something that had no future, when they see that being turned into something that will be here for many generations past my being here, I believe that that will give people in this community hope that we can do that on a larger scale for the entire community. When they see people come from all over the Delta and the state and even the nation to see the work that we're doing in that small space, I believe that they will see that that can also happen for us as a community. And that's my desire for our community. Well, I believe it will be so 
look, they trying to get her on the line right now. They're like, yes, this is the future <laughs> calling. It looks bright. Your vision is on point. I am so sorry. I thought I had turned that off. <gasps> no apologies. Look, this is life. We in real time, y'all, here on the Relentless Pursuit podcast. So, Patricia, what's next for you, for Delta Circles? What do y'all have coming up? Well, right now, um, we have partnered with a technology company in California um, and just some amazing networking opportunities. We're um, talking with Google. We're talking um, just with technology educational companies, with new you know, companies with new technology. And we are just, we have a team together that's exploring what that might look like. Um, I We don't want the Delta to be left out. You mm-hmm. know, when we look at what the future holds, we want to be a part of that future. We want our children to be prepared for their future. We want... Um, to be able to have jobs in this community where people are making $80,000 working from home for companies that could be on the other side of the country. And so Delta Circus is a part of making that happen. Ultimately, we want to impact equity by changing the ability for individuals to increase income in their household. You know, uh, we want to disrupt those disparities uh, when it comes to finances, income, health. And so we are open to collaboration and just really amazed as to who those partners are. And a lot of them are coming to the table and it's slow. You know, it's not a quick thing that's happening, but um, it's happening. And so we're excited about what our future holds. Well, you know, growth takes time. It and, does. And it does. in time, those things will come. So I'm definitely rooting for, for you, all of Helena, West Helena, and Delta Circles as you do this work. And, and since you are open to partnerships, before we get out of here today, Patricia, where can people find you in the digital space? You can find, you can definitely um, go to our website at um, www.delta-circles.org. And you can also um, um, contact us via phone at 870-995-3418. And just come visit us at um, Eliza Miller Opportunity Hub, 106 Miller Loop in Helena, West Helena, Arkansas. Look, I got my invitation, so I know I'm going to be coming and y'all need to go too. Well, (laughs) you know, we like to end the show with the quote or poem or words of encouragement uh, before we depart from this space as no doubt someone is out there relentlessly pursuing something in their heart. And today's feature came from someone who, who likens to your work, Patricia. This person was a fighter for freedom and people, and definitely a great disseminator of information, the incomparable activist Fannie Lou Hamer. And she said, when I liberate myself, I liberate others. If you don't speak out, ain't nobody going to speak out for you. 
And I will say, Patricia, you are definitely liberating the Delta through your work. And we stand in solidarity with what you're doing as you continue to speak up and speak out for Helena, West Helena, Arkansas. But thank you. And I want that quote. I've got to grab that quote. I love it, love it, love it. Yes, I'll send it to you to have it. I was like, this is Patricia right here. (laughs) Please send it to me. I love that. I definitely will. Oh, yes, please go ahead. Crystal, so much. Um, Of course, I want to thank the um, um, WRF family. They are truly a family for Delta Circles, have been um, a a partner that's been there from the beginning and consistent. And I just, again, though, just want to thank you for your work. Um, You have a beautiful spirit from the very first time I met you. Um, I think you opened up one of our meetings with a, a poem. And just thank you for the work that you're doing. You're doing a great job. I appreciate that. Uh, black women seeing black women. Yes, y'all. Absolutely. It's all about- <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I thank you. We're going to stay on a little bit after because I got to coordinate my visit, y'all. But thank you for tuning into the Relentless Pursuit podcast, the foundation of equity, where our Kansas have justice Center dialogues promote the equilibrium of humanity in the natural state and beyond. We had a fabulous time today in studio with Patricia Ashanti of Delta Circles, and I'm your host, Crystal C. Mercer. And thank you again for our season sponsor with the Rockefeller Foundation, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.